Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. What's up, world? This is your man, Nick Eden, and I am here with the talk of the town. I know you're going to dig this. I've never heard that. 
I've never in my life heard that. I, I, I don't even know what to say. Well, I mean, they always said you can go blind, but anyway. Um, also, and, and you know what's so crazy about this is this happened in Atlanta, and I'm nine, 98% sure I know who did this. Apparently, this woman's afro got searched by the TSA agents. Oh, yeah. In the Atlanta airport. <laughs> now, Dallas based hairstylist Isis Brantley uh, discovered, you know, this firsthand. She went to Atlanta's airport um, and she said that that due to the uh, invasive and aggressive nature of the agent's technique, she didn't enjoy her unwanted massage. She said she was digging in my scalp, told NBC News. She said, I was outraged, I was humiliated, I was confused. Uh, she has certainly just been saying that they offered her the chance to be Afro search in private, but Brantley disputes that claim. A supervisor at the airport apologized for the incident. I'm going to tell you something right now because I'm at that, almost, that airport almost every day. I right. know exactly who did it. <laughs> and I promise you they didn't offer her to, to do it in private. I, 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 can, I can almost guarantee it. I can almost guarantee it. Never failed. <laughs> and I, I know exactly who it is. Nick, go and release the information, man, on who it is. It's just little, I don't even know her name, but she's pretty little thing. She just got a horrible attitude. Like, it's, it's horrible. It's, it's really horrible. She just walks around pissed <laughs> off all the time. Every single day. Every single day. The same thing. I was like, I'm going to get her name and I'm going to put on blast this weekend on Fox Town when we go into it in detail on the Middle Man Talk Show. Now, if you are living under a rock, you may have still heard about this. We all know that after the Floyd Mayweather Victor Ortiz fight, which we'll talk about in just a second with the donkey of the day, Ray J and Fabulous yes. got into a fight. Who told Ray J? I don't like Ray J. Who does? Yeah. Brandy don't even That's like her. <laughs> Where's better sit right. down for what, man? Please. Well, apparently, um, during the whole free fight thing, Floyd Mayweather had a, a, a cameras coming to his house, and he said that he was going to have a concert in his living room. And the camera panned over to Ray J, who's playing the piano and singing, like, we really want to see that. And Kevin Hart and Fabulous took to Twitter, and they started making jokes. And, of course, of course Joseph came trending topics. And, um, well, Ray J said that, uh, you know, Kevin Hart is a comedian. That's what he's supposed to do, but Fabulous it. So he decided to confront him about it uh, right before Fabulous' concert. And um, they got into a slight scuffle. And there's a lot of different reports on what happened and what didn't happen. But uh, I think the thing that stuck out to me the most was the fact that Ray J said that he's got three, three guys in his crew that will rape Fabulous. Right. What? Yeah, let me tell you something. I know people that will come and shoot your house up. I know come. I know people that will come and rob you blind. But I can't think of one person that I know that I can be like, "Hey, dog, go over there and rape them." Really? That's what's hot in 2011. <laughs> you raping cat son? You just taking the booty because he talks about you. That's how you feel. Right. And why do you hang around with these guys? <laughs> Who well, thought it was cool for Ray J to hang out with these guys? Like, that's going to up his street cred. 
come on, son. My goodness. I mean, you know, how can you help your street prayer when you outside singing in the rain, you know, saying, if I had one more wish? Come on now. Hey. I'll put it this way uh, Ray J is uh, From Macomb, Mississippi Which is a little closer to y'all Than it is to the coast I can't uh, I can't lay claim on why he would do this Who knows Anyway On the sales trail We've got um, Not too much going on So I'm not even going to talk about it To be honest with you (laughs) The sales suck y'all I can't explain it any more than than it already is. Sales are horrible. They're, they're horrible. Hopefully, you know, within the next few weeks, we'll get some uh, some new releases. We got Carl Thomas coming up, uh, and if you missed that show where we talked to him and talked about his new album Conquer, go back and check it out. I believe right now it's a feature show. Mm-hmm. But um, we got Johnny Gill's new album coming out. You know, we got. It, it seems like we're gonna have to go back to the older cats to to get some. Some some good quality music out right about now because right now it's looking a little skittish. Now, if you're on Facebook, you're on Twitter, you know that tonight we are talking about music conferences. Are they friends or are they foes? Now, what we're going to do real quick is we're going to go into just a little new. It's not a, a, an officially new segment to talk to the town with Nick Eden, but it's something that we're going to try out. If you're familiar with Charlemagne the God, you know he is a radio personality on Power 105. FM in, in uh, New York, and he does a section in his show called Donkey of the Day. So what we're going to do is we're going to go right into that clip. This is Charlemagne the God with the Donkey of the Day. You listen to the Middleman Present, Talk to the Town with Nick Eaton. I was born a donkey. It's the Donkey of the Day. Yeah, Donkey of the Day for Monday, September 19th goes out to Victor Ortiz. Tell him! Victor Ortiz is a fighter who got his ass knocked out by Floyd Mayweather Jr. Saturday night. Now, people are criticizing Floyd, saying Floyd knocked him out with a sucker punch or a cheap shot. Well, it was a sucker punch because Floyd absolutely punched a sucker, and that sucker was Victor Ortiz. Tell him! Victor is a sucker who, after getting handled for three rounds, none of his punches landing out of sheer frustration, he headbutts Floyd, and that is what suckers do. So Floyd hit him with what people call a cheap shot. Well, that was the most expensive cheap shot I've ever witnessed. $25 million to be exact. First and foremost, what Floyd did was legal and justified, and Victor Ortiz was supposed to be a professional prize fighter, not an amateur boxer. Only an amateur boxer would not have his guard up against the best prize fighter in the world. Not even the best prize fighter in the world. Any fighter. Keep your guard up at all times. Protect yourself at all times in the name of the game. After you touch gloves and the ref says, go put your guard up. Victor Ortiz didn't do that, and Floyd Mayweather, being the OG that he is, took advantage of Victor's young, dumb, rookie mistake. Boxing is a cerebral sport. Only person who was thinking in that ring after Victor Ortiz's headbutt was Floyd Mayweather Jr. The ref wasn't thinking, Victor Ortiz wasn't thinking, only Floyd. And that's why Floyd was the victor, no pun intended, and not the victim. And furthermore, black people should be happy Mayweather won, because if he hadn't won, Mexicans would have been trying to fight us for the rest of the year. And let me tell you something, you do not want to fight a Mexican in a street fight. Those guys are tough and they never stop fighting. And anybody who thinks Floyd didn't win that fight fair and square are just as dumb as Victor Ortiz was for not keeping his guard up. Give Victor Ortiz a hee-haw. 
That's right. The Breakfast Club. Power 105. Shout out to Charlemagne the God and the whole Breakfast Club. DJ Envy and Angela Yee. Have you ever tried to fight a, a, a Hispanic or I'll be politically correct, someone of a Hispanic origin? Hell no. For what? No. Those dudes did not stop fighting. Like, it never fails. They're going to keep fighting. Like, they fight like they party all day long. <laughs> if you guys are just tuning in to the middle members and talk about town when they're eating, we are talking about music conferences. And I guess this is something that I've been wanting to talk about for a while. You know, I don't know if anybody's ever been there. Um, this is my thing about it. Are they really there to give you the real knowledge of the music business? You know, are people that are on these panels even qualified to give you this information? You know, did they come into the business the same way that they're telling you to do? And is the quality of the information different based on race? You know, I guess it's, uh, the biggest thing is nowadays music conferences seem like they're just an avenue for more people to come in and basically put out what their services are. We know we've had a lot of layoffs come from these labels. You know, a lot of people aren't working. They don't have those big expense accounts like they used to have. So they have to supplement that income. A lot of them outsource their services now to independent labels and artists. And they use these music conferences as a way to introduce themselves, drop just a little bit of knowledge on the artist, enough of the artist to want to deal with them and pay them some money. Now, I'm not saying this is for all conferences. There are a lot of conferences out there and a lot of events out there that are really geared towards helping the independent artists get to where they need to get to. However... There's a good majority of them that give us very limited knowledge, especially in the urban genre. Earlier this year, well, sorry, actually a little bit later last year, I went to a conference that was predominantly rock, country, um, more geared towards a white audience. Now, one of the first things that they asked is how many people in here are over the age of 30? People raise their hand. And they said, well, let's go ahead and give you a reality check. The likelihood that you're going to get a record deal in the traditional sense is very slim to none because the businesses, the, the business of music has become such a youth-oriented business that a lot of times they push the older artists out. We've talked about this before on Talk of the Town. However, what they went on to say is, the good news is it does not mean that you can't have a career in music. Now, let's be honest. Do we really hear that at the urban conferences? Stop me if I'm wrong. We don't really hear about that. What we hear is you got to get out there, you got to push the CD, you got to you got to sell, sell, sell. You, you you know you might have to pay for radio play or this or that, this or that, and then you can get a deal. Why is that the end all be all of urban artists? I don't get that. Al, you want to speak on that for a sec? Well, I mean, it's kind of, well, of course, the music conferences that I've been to have been very supportive of independent and urban artists. Um, you know, some of them, I guess you will see um, the way that you've been explaining this, it's like it's an intimidation type mechanism for them. That's why I look at it as. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's very true. You know, you got to I mean, weed them out. You know, so they, they're trying to find a way to weed them out, trying to discourage them. Uh, you know, they they only want what they want. Put it that way. Exactly. 
and I guess my thing is, are we really giving these people the, the knowledge that they need to succeed in the music business, in the entertainment business? There are a lot more jobs. I'll say this all the time. There are a lot more jobs within entertainment other than being the artist or being an A&R. More than likely, those are usually the people that catch the brunt of everything else. There's a lot. There's a lot of stuff. There's publishing administration. There's licensing. There's. I mean, it, it's a plethora of things that you can learn about being in the music business. Everyone is not going to be an artist. That's right. I'm not saying that to discourage anybody from doing it. But what I'm telling you is, I want to be real with you. One thing that we always try to do at the Middleman Talk Show is we try to give real knowledge. Real knowledge. Not anything that's going to benefit us. It's not going to benefit. It's not going to benefit Al or Kev or Jen or me if you get out there and you sell, sell, sell CDs or what you think is selling CDs and you still don't get a deal. It's not going to benefit us. What's going to benefit us is making sure that everyone that listens to the show gets some real info from us. And that's what I think we lack a lot of time in conferences. Now I know that Al and Kev, dealing um, in their past experiences, have been through been to many more conferences than I have. Than I have. I've spoken on a few panels. I usually go and speak at schools. And the reason that is because you have a lot of people that just, they they don't know the first steps to it. Now, I don't think that the first step is to say, well, you got to put a CD together, you got to buy these amount of beats, and you got to get out there, you got to press 50,000 mixtapes, and you got to get, no, every, you may not, you may think you want to be an artist, but that may not be what your thing is. That may not be what your thing is. So is the knowledge that they're giving knowledge that is at least can be utilized by everybody? That's our question. We might have a couple of callers come in. We actually have a couple of people that were supposed to come in and speak. We're trying to still see if they're going to be able to make their way in. If you want to get in on this conversation, give us a call, 718-508-9972. If you yourself have spoken on a panel or you have attended a music conference, if you come out there a little bit better, then call us and let us know, hey, these music conferences are legit. They are the real deal. Now, I'm not going to name any conferences. And the reason I'm not going to do that is because I don't want to seem like we're showing any type of favoritism or anything like that. However, I will say that there are some very good ones, very, very good ones that you have seen. If, you, if you've been out on the scene, you have seen us at them several times over. You know, honestly, you yourself, you may go and... Just the fact that you get to listen to somebody who's been in the business may be enough for you. But does it help your career? Or are you just waiting until the end of the conference, until the end of the panel, so you can rush up there and give them your demo? Who for thought? What we're going to do is we're going to take oh, a yeah. quick break. We're going to play our song for the day. This is Music Soul Child with his new single. Yes, it's off of this CD, Magic and Music. They just released a video for it. And I absolutely love this record. Real positive music soul child. I always make something nice. So this is Music Soul Child with Yes. This is the Middleman Present. Talk to Town with Nick Eaton. Oh, yeah. 
you know, continue to put, you know, put good music out. Um, I hope he's able to actually uh, write and sing what he wants to on this album versus what, you know, other people put in front of him, so. Yeah, now, I, I'm a little concerned because I heard the record with uh, with Ludacris and he had nothing with, I think it was Rick Ross. I wasn't too, uh, wasn't too yeah. excited about those, but, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say. Anyway. But um, if you guys are just tuning in to the Middleman Percent Talk of the Town with Nick Eden, we are talking about music conferences. Are they a friend or a foe? Now, I got a message on Facebook. Um, this person asked to be left anonymous. Uh, they did name the conference. So, I don't know. Should I should I say the name of the conference or or, or, or should I just leave it blank? Y'all let me know. Well, if, do you know where the conference is held as far as the state? Oh yeah, I know exactly where it's held. Well, <laughs> I think it's held right here in Atlanta, okay, Georgia. Okay, well, name. that's fine to say, say right there. Go ahead and say it. Okay, well, I have a, um, I have a, uh, a message on Facebook from a, a popular, <laughs> a popular artist in the local Atlanta scene about the International Soul Music Summit that goes on every year, every August. In Atlanta, and it's put on by Carrie Bellow, the quote-unquote voice of soul. Now, I, before I get into this, I, I say this much: I don't necessarily, I don't have a problem with Carrie Bellow. A lot of people say that they don't really like him, but she says that her experience with the Soul Summit was horrible. She feels like that her money was just taken, and she wasn't given any real knowledge. She went there to listen to a bunch of hat, and I quote. Have been and a couple of never will be's talk about things in the music business that they didn't even encounter or didn't even go through. Wow. <laughs> That's why you now, gotta be careful who you listen to when they talk and what they talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I will say, I, I, I will say that's um, that's something to be. Uh, <laughs> Wow, and, and that's not the first time I've heard it. And not just from that conference, uh, from from several different conferences. Um, I remember a couple of years ago, actually at that very conference, uh, Rico Wade of Organized Noise, uh, he came in to speak on a panel about just the business of music, and he said to a room full of independent soul artists that um, the reason that soul music hasn't taken off is because it's boring. Now. Wow, that's what, and you can't deny what Rico Wade and and Organized Noise have done in the music business. You definitely can't deny that. But that goes back to my original question: Are they really there to give you real knowledge of the music business? What does that have to do? How can you say that soul music is boring? <laughs> now I will say that in all forms of music, there's some. There's some music within it that just It doesn't just catch you and keep you like that But to just make a generalized Statement like that At an international soul summit How do you feel about that Being the person who has paid your money And, and you come in with your notebook And, and you got your music And, and you, you're ready to learn Some knowledge you're, you're ready to better yourself as an artist And you get told hey what you do is boring mm, what, do you guys think? what do you think about that I don't think that's a good feeling. I mean, for one, you go to music conferences to learn, to meet people, eager to hear new music, 
eager to put your music out there to see what other people think about it and to make a blanket statement like that you know that probably crushed a lot of people's dreams and a lot of people's as far as feelings that maybe that music may or may not get a chance to get heard statements like that it hurts and that's rough oh yeah it's definitely rough and I, I think Al you just brought up a good point um, a chance to get their music heard now we know that at these conferences a lot of times they have these showcases maybe in between the panels now I've right, been right. to a few of these showcases and the one thing I've noticed is that more often than not this is artists singing to artists I'm not saying that's a bad thing I'm not saying that's a bad thing at all but the showcase not there. If I'm there focused on getting my music out, my music out, my music out, am I going to really pay attention to the person that's up there performing and I'm not? You won't say it, I will. A lot of them artists, man, they just full of it. Period. When they're in the audience, uh, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, they, they don't respect the person that's on the stage. They feel like I'm better than you instead of just expressing that. You know, hey, I can listen to you if I'm not digging you, I'm not digging you. But a lot of times you have guys that get up on the uh, stage, they, you know, performing their heart out for what they know what to do. You got people in the audience looking at them, especially independent artists, looking at everybody like they crazy. Uh, I, I know you may not, I don't know if you still remember, but we did uh, three conferences with the New Power. And, man, I'm just saying, man, just, just seeing it from that side, it's amazing to me how people don't support other people. You know what I'm saying? Because the same artists that are looking at you crazy up on stage, when they get up there and perform, they ain't that hot. But, you know, they looking at everybody else the exactly. same way. Exactly. Right. Never discredit somebody, you know, talent, man, because what you think is not talent. It's probably talented to the majority of the people that out there that's listening to it. Better believe. And you also have people like you were saying earlier. That's why, you know, I've been blessed and I have been blessed. We all been blessed to do certain things that we've done. I I definitely don't try to talk to people like I know everything because I don't. My experiences are are limited to whatever I've done. You know what I'm saying? And you know, I may have an opinion. That doesn't mean that I'm correct on everything. You know what I'm saying? But you have some people that sit on that panel. Uh, matter of fact, I'm going to call a dude out, Hustle Simmons. I remember seeing him in <laughs> South Carolina. And I'm sitting up here listening to this cat on the panel talk, man. Hustle talking like he just, I mean, man, Hustle talking like he just, man, he, he didn't rule the world for the last past 50 years sitting with his nose in the ass. Like, right. hey, like he I'm, that dude. Yeah, I'm that guy. And I'm sitting like, man, who the F are you? Nobody. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to go all the way in. I'm not feeling well right now. I'm kind of sick. I don't care. You know, I ain't got nothing to lose. You know what I'm saying? But I'm just saying, there's a lot of cats that when they do sit on them panels, they ain't bringing it the way they should. They ain't telling people the truth. Just like you said in the Caucasian uh, uh, conferences, they'll tell people, man, you too old to rap. You too old to try to do this. I mean, people, like you said, we always talk. Uh, yeah, man, keep doing that. I mean, I try to encourage people too, but at some point, if you know that your child is right behind you with coming out with a CD, you too damn old it's to be right. Yeah, it's time to sit down, man. But that's just some things I just picked out. Go ahead, man. 
No, you hit it right on the head with that one. Because it does beg the question, are people on these panels even qualified to give you this knowledge? And did they come into the business the same way that they're telling you to do it? I'll never forget. Go to a conference. I'm sitting here looking at the panel. Now, in terms of star power, oh, yeah, we had Killer Mike on the panel. You had Jason Jeter, who was the CEO of Grand Hustle, on the panel. You had uh, Jermaine Dupree on the panel. And you had a couple more producers. I can't, I, I can't, but those three stick out to me. Now, the one thing I kept hearing from everybody was the same thing. What you got to do is go link up with this producer. Whichever producer is hot in your city, link up with that producer, and, and you get some records, and, and, and you get out there, and you push them and push them and push them, and you sell, you sell, and you sell, and then you branch, and they always use this. You got to pick out a, a five-hour radius around your city, and you get out, and you expand out to there, and you do this, and you do this, and I'm thinking to myself, none of you guys got on like this. Surely didn't. No disrespect to anybody that was on that panel, but none of them got on like that. Man, Killer Mike yeah. got on because of Outcast. Thank you. No, number one, even with Outcast, when like I'm gonna tell you, man, we got the chance to see artists grind, come up on the hustle. You know what I'm saying? Like Eight Ball, MJG, Triple Six, and Master P. And Scar, mm-hmm. well, not even Scarface, because they weren't like that. I'm just talking about the ones that you know that had an underground buzz before they blew. You know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. a lot of guys out there that actually you can respect their hustle, but then you got those now. None against Outkast. Love the group. Love Andre 3000. But I'm just saying, where was a where was an Outkast mixtape at? Where was an Outkast mix, the cassette at, period? Nothing. Here's one. T.I., and Grand Hustle didn't start putting out mixtapes until after he had to deal with LaFace. And the first album tanked. When KP signed him back in the day, it wasn't a it wasn't a thing about having an underground following. And so I'm sitting here and I'm listening to Jason G to say this stuff, and I'm thinking to myself, that's not how y'all got on. Ti mm-hmm. had a fan base when he started putting out mixtapes because he had already been signed and put out. And, and don't get me wrong, I'm serious. Was a classic album, but he had a fan base established already. Ghetto Vision. Exactly. Thank you, How Kevin. How you sit Thank there you, and tell these people out here that this is the way to get into the music business? One, there's no definitive way to get into the music business. Let's go ahead and dispel that rumor right now. Let's dispel that. There are people that have gotten on from reality shows. There are people that have gotten on from YouTube. One of the biggest artists in the world started on YouTube, and that's Justin Bieber. As much as I may not like it, there's no definitive way to get into the music business. But a lot of times, man, you know what it all boils down to is money. A lot of people on the panel, I'm trying to sell you something. I'm trying, like they say, this is what you need to do. They say the game is to be sold, not told. You think they're going to tell you what you need to know to get their spot? No, they're going to keep you on that wild goose chase. Because they know they know they did more to get what they got. They did a lot. And there may be some things that people might not want to do. Well, which brings me to my next question of, 
is the quality of the information based on race. Is it different based on the race? Yeah. Because like I said, yeah, you don't hear this when you go to a rock conference. Yeah, it is. I, I, I hate to say it like that. Now, you do have some brothers out there that will give you a good informative uh, type situation where they give you good informative information. But a lot of times, man, like you said earlier, you got the same cats running the same circus, seeing the same people on the same damn panel, and you looking like, man, what in the world are you doing? Or what have you done? Or maybe you was just a tag along with a camp that blew up and you ain't really did that, but you, you know, you reaping the benefits of that. Exactly. And, see, and another example, y'all, is the buddy-buddy system. And the buddy buddy system of people who don't know nothing. Mm-hmm. You're exactly right. But now, here's where things get crazy. Here's where the ownership kind of falls back onto the artists and producers and songwriters and everything that are going through these panels. How many of you out there? are actually listening to what's going on because I can say this much. People love to talk. And if you let give somebody a platform where they can talk long enough, even though they might not want to give you that information, it's going to slip out. Now, are you there to catch that information? Or are you just waiting till the end of the panel so you can run out there and give them your demo? You know how many conferences I go to and I see artists that don't have... i put it to you this way. One of them, and I said I wasn't going to name any conferences, but I have to. I have to name a conference. And that's TJ's DJs. <laughs> now, I've seen some brothers out there, and I'm not saying that every single panel has just been riddled with the best information on how to get yourself out there, but the one thing I can say, because of the consistency of the conference, that you do get some valuable information in there. I don't see anybody. I, I've seen, I can think of one time I saw someone with a pad and a pencil writing down everything. But that's really how you're doing. You're writing down everything and you're seeing how you can apply it to yourself. Well, one time, I think I've been to that conference. As a matter of fact, that's where I met y'all. It was at TJ's DJ's conference. Mm-hmm. That's what I met y'all for years ago. Yeah, yeah, sure was. And yeah, man, but you know what? The reason why they ain't writing nothing is because they know it already. I know this. They ain't telling me nothing new. You can't tell me nothing. That's where they had it. So why spend your money going to these conferences? I, I guess I don't understand it. I, and like I said, already. nobody is perfect. And from the conference side to the artist side, there are flaws on both sides. But why keep spending your money to go? Because I can get a deal. That's the perception. I can get a deal. I can run up to MC Sucker Man and get a deal. Cause like everybody think, man, they, they want to run up to the artist. If I get cool with the artist, man, they'll put me in their crew and put me on. That's how people think. Think about it. See, see, a lot of people forgetting. <laughs> a lot, a lot of artists are forgetting. When you are trying to get on with another artist, you are competing against who? That same that artist. artist. 
Why sign with an artist? But let me put it to you this way. Dumb and this might surprise y'all with me saying this guy's name because we've had our talks about him. There are very few young bucks out there in the world. And what I mean when I say that, someone who got on with an artist, but because he was so undeniable that he had to get himself out there, and because he had been in situations where he had been with people who went out there and actually knew how to grind, the old grind, not the new grind, the old grind. So you have that talent versus knowing how to get out there and grind. It was undeniable. He had to have his album put out because he was such a, he was he was so well-perceived with NG Unit. But there are very few, very few young bucks out there. Very few. And even before that, how long was he running with Juvenile in the whole UTP camp? Man, about six years. Yep, six, seven years. When was the last time you heard an album from Skip and Wacko? <laughs> I ain't even hear the one they put out. You know, like, okay, another example. When was the last time you heard a Little Fate album? When was the last time you heard a Little Fate song? Who? No disrespect to Little Fate from from DTP. Oh, yeah, little dude that's cool with Chris. Yeah, I, I, ain't he just like a dude to just hang around now? Yeah, he just on a song every now and then, you know. You know. He's just well, you know, when they do the Disturbing the Peace compilations and everything. I mean, and the, the thing about it is he's talented. He's a talented cat. Why are you like But that? once again, it's just like Al said, you are competing with that artist. Now, when it comes down to an opportunity for a, let's say, you're a rapper, and, and you sign to this other rapper's crew, when there's a time for a, 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 an opportunity for a solo rapper, who do you think that the rapper's going to go for first? Oh, my God, that's in my crew or me? He's going to go for himself. Nelly. How many albums Ludacris put out on his own label? And how many albums, as far as people on his label, put out besides him? Shit. This is all, very all the people that been successful on Disturbing the Peace was Chingy and Bobby V. And Chingy looked now, let, let Now, let's look at that. Let's look at that. Let's break that down. Because, see, this is the type of thing that needs to be talking about at the conference. Look at the Bobby Valentino situation. Yep. One, Bobby Valentino came from Mr. He had been in the business That's right. That's for several right. years. For several years, had worked with everybody in Atlanta from Organized Noise to Teddy Bishop, even the Chuck, Chucky Charles, a, a lot of them cats. He just he, he had already been there. He was very entrenched in the industry. And when he was out there in L.A. with Tim and Bob, they started working the Slow Down record. In L.A. It was getting played in L.A. and in Las Vegas before he even made his way back to Atlanta with the record. So it's something that he got started on his own. Chingy was rolling with Nelly's crew, but he didn't sign anything with Nelly just yet. And they were just, they were smart enough to say, look, there's this big wave coming from the Midwest. So while Nelly's hot, let's try to snatch up another artist that sounds like him, makes similar songs to him, and we can put out there real quick and make some money off of it. Now, other than that, tell me how many people you know that have a Shauna album, an I-20 album. Uh, 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 uh. At this point, with with, uh, with with Teddy Boy, he's just starting to get that. But he's doing that on his own. Sure he's is. Two, two sure is. He sure he's is. He's doing that on his own. He sure is. And I can't even hate on 2 Chain. you know what I'm saying? I mean, he out there grinding. I mean, um, I like some of his stuff. I mean, you I know don't. what I'm saying? But... 
the most thing that, that I do like about him, he's trying to do his best to stay relevant. He sucks. Uh... <laughs> Kill the hardcore tonight, boy. I don't know. Kill, kill the hardcore tonight. You, you ever want to? You ever want to get the hardcore out of Kill? Wait till he get a cold. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You gonna get it raw and uncut. The truth will be told. But these are the type of things that artists need to know. Let me let me break down something. This is why I don't like the term a record deal. When I hear a record, when I hear deal, I think of going to a car dealership. I'm going to cut you a deal. And it's, the car is never, ever what you think it's going to be. Once you get it, it looks nice and flashy. It runs good. Then you realize, damn, I got to pay this note that I can't really afford. Oh, man, I got a new car, so my car insurance shut up. Wait a minute. You mean to tell me I got to pay more because it's a red car? You got to tell me. You mean to tell me I got to pay more because I'm a male? I got to pay more because I'm under 25? And then you start to realize this deal isn't what it was supposed to be. What I thought it would be. It's the same thing with a record deal. So going to a conference just to chase a record deal, I don't understand the concept behind that because in almost any situation, I will say this: a lot of times they'll have artists up there who have been in situations and got screwed over by whoever they were working with. And won't tell you so, about it. And won't speak about it. Exactly. But that's the type of thing that needs you that's that's the type of thing you need to know when you go to these conferences. Now, are we dogging music conferences? Absolutely not. There's a lot of information that's out there that is available to you. But I will say this. If I go to a music conference, and you tell me everything that I've taken uh, taken it upon myself to learn on my own. Essentially, what are you here for? What are you here for? I hate to hear people say, well, I'm the A&R of this independent label. <laughs> Do you even know what the A&R does? I guarantee they don't. Is your company even an independent label? We, we've talked about that on the show Where we had Charlie and Donnie Carson here And they actually talked about What an independent label is Breaking it down for you To be honest with you A lot of these cats And, and the funny thing is You will see a lot of the same people Just just like Kev said earlier You'll see a lot of the same people That buddy buddy system that Al was talking about and they all do the same thing. Now, they'll go and they'll tell you, you got to do this, you got to do that, you got to do this, and you got to do that. And they'll tell you, let's say, if I have a new media company, I'm going to get up there and I'm going to tell you that the Internet is the way to go. Because retail is dying, so you got to get stronger on the Internet. You got to do this, you got to do this, 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 this. And at the end, I'm going to say, hey, if you want to reach me, it's all a big, it's just a big commercial. It's a huge commercial. Mm, I don't know. Maybe, maybe one that I would like to see a lot more urban artists participating because, like I said, there are some very good conferences. And even though they may not be particularly talking about the genre, music is universal. You can take things from anything and apply it to yourself. Any conference that does not tell you. Any panel that does not tell you 
the way about getting gigs, a way of getting shows, building a, a touring fan base, you don't need to be around them because that is the that's the largest draw in the music business right now. Touring and publishing are the largest draws in the music business right now. Flat out. So as far as I tell you about that, you don't really need to be there. So what do we look out for? What do we try to avoid in these conferences? Hmm. Al, what are some of the things that you would think people need to try to avoid in these conferences? Um, avoid a lot of jargon information. Um, information that's not relevant to uh, what the conference is about, such as like any negativity uh, about, uh, you know, particular artists. You know, you want to uh, avoid speaking to, I guess you would say, long sharks that are known to be long sharks, bad promoters, because they will be there. Um, you know, janky uh, label owners, you know, that, you know, come to you and say they can do this and that for you. And uh, things like that, of that nature, you know what I'm saying? Try to avoid all of that. Definitely. Um, I got a message on Twitter from um, Fat Booty Bella. Hello. All right. <laughs> um, I don't have the money to go and test out every conference to see if it's the right one for me. What do I need to look at beforehand? Well, what you need to look at beforehand is, one, usually with a panel, usually with a conference, they have a conference website. If they do not have a conference website or a website for their company, that's the first red flag. There you go. <laughs> that's, that's the very first red flag. If all you see is an event on, on Facebook and you're invited, that's a red flag. The second thing you need to do is you need to see who is on the panel. They should tell you ahead of time who is speaking on these panels. If I'm paying my money, I need to know who I'm listening to. If it's mostly artists, I would not, that, that would be a red flag to me. I would look for conferences that have entertainment attorneys, uh, uh, music publishing houses. And I, I would look for, the, I would look for the more widely accepted, not so much widely accepted, but the more widely recognized Fields of music, not so much. Oh, two chains, uh, I twenty, and and Killer Mike is gonna be here. Not to say that those brothers don't have knowledge to give because they do, but it's just like Kev said before. I can only give you experience, knowledge based on experiences that I've had. And if everybody that you have is uh, hip hop artists, then how wide, how much of an array? Can you get in terms of knowledge As opposed to someone having An entertainment attorney there A legitimate music manager there You know these are things Research do some research Don't just think oh man I got an extra $40 Or I got an extra $100 let me go ahead And sign up for this conference Let me uh Let me go spend my last paycheck I know I'm supposed to pay rent this month but I need to get some more CDs printed. Let me get them out there and pass them to everybody else. And that's fine. That's great. But it's just like I said before. I've said this plenty of times. Don't spend all your time chasing the industry. Chase the fans. If you're going to do that, take those same CDs and give them out. Make sure that everyone that's going to the parking lot from the mall has your CD. Now, that's not the only way to get on by any means. But what I am saying is if that's what you're going to do, 
then use it a little wiser. You know, one thing, Nick, I would tell people to be more realistic because if you know good and well that you ain't that caliber of artist, just be real with yourself. You know what I'm saying? You can't go and expect to get the whole game in one sitting of a conference. Like you said, there's too many people, and it is going to have so many different experiences that may be limited or maximized. Who knows? But, like you said, maximize the situation. Read for yourself. Plenty of books out there. And if you can't just read, try to get the experiences now. You know, you may get jacked over a couple of times. Who knows? But at least you'll know what not to do the next time. Good point. I'll give you another one. Go on YouTube. There you go. Good one, Nick. Yeah, they got everything on YouTube now. I guarantee oh, yeah. you, almost every conference that you can think, almost every major conference you can think of, major and minor, somebody has taken some video footage of the last one and put it on YouTube. Yeah, buddy. I'm not saying that to say don't go, but what I'm saying is, check it out on YouTube. You. Uh, honestly, let's be real about it. It's just like Kev said. Be realistic. If I feel like within the first 20 minutes of this panel that it's some BS, I'm not going to go to the next one. Ask people that have gone to the conferences. Everybody's experience is different, but everybody's not wrong. There may be some recurring themes in there. This is things that you got to go. And as we get to the close of the show, I want people to realize this. And for everyone out there, there may be somebody out there that wants to put on a panel, put on a conference. If that's what you want to do, fine. But realize mm-hmm. that the standard that you set, there are reasons that people like General Hawkins are still around after all these years. The standards you set for your conference and how you put the information out there, that's what people are going to go by. That's what people are going to know. And I promise you, a bad news of a bad conference will travel a lot faster than news of a good one. If That's it's true. tricky, we don't know. And on top of that, if somebody do say it's jacked up, man, get it from more than one person. Because sometimes you just got some pure haters out there. Some people this is just true. hate it just because they just angry. There ain't nobody listening to them. Uh, that, yeah, yeah. That, that is true. And I will also look into uh, look around for your local colleges. I think that's probably that probably be the next thing. Look around for your local colleges and see what type of panels they may have going on at school. Honestly, you're going to get probably the most information coming from those because it is in a professional setting. They are paying for these professional people to come down. Um, I know, um, I'll give you a prime example. Uh, We talked about this a little earlier, uh, Kev. Um, You were asking me about Jawar. And uh, I wish we could have had him on the show tonight. We'll we'll try to bring him in on another show and uh, and get him to talk. But he's one of the, he does the college circuit very well because he's very in tune with more than one aspect of the music business. You know, so like I said, look, look into the colleges. That would probably be my next thing. We definitely thank everybody who tuned in tonight. Uh, make sure that in about 15 minutes you go back and you listen to it again. 
and you listen to the Carl Thomas Show, you'll listen to, just tell you what, just Google the Middleman Talk Show and download everything you see. That's, <laughs> That's right. That's right. That is the best bet. Um, real quick, I know we're running a little short on time, but I do want—I do want to play that last little uh, clip that I had. Uh, we want to send out a prayer and condolences to the family of Troy Davis, um, and also to Mark McPhail's family, because at the end of the day, both families lost a loved one. You know, it's—it's it's never when, we, when you lose a life, there's never a winner or a loser in the situation. Everybody loses. But it's just like Raheem Devon said, nobody wins a war because everybody's going to lose. So we, we definitely want to send out condolences to their families and encourage people, if you really cared about how this, turn, how this turned out, about him not getting clemency, about how the case just turned out in, in general, be more proactive in your community. Stop avoiding jury duty. We can't say the justice system is skewed. And you don't even do your part to go in. And you may be that one person that goes and actually saves someone's life that stops an injustice like this from happening. So that's that's, that's pretty much it. Well, what you guys got up this weekend? Well, Besides uh, this, the show. Of course, we know we got the show this weekend. But. Yeah, this weekend on the Middleman Talk Show, we're going to be talking about the worth of a black man. Yes, the sir. The black man. We got a Kelly Blue Book value. Yeah, you gonna you gonna be surprised some of the things. But we you know we gonna it's gonna be real. I mean it's kind of it's kind of in relations to what you just said about uh, Troy Anthony Davis, man. You know, it's what I what what is our life really worth to these people in this world? That's a good point. We got a lot to talk about. We got a lot to talk about. Make sure you tune in. Uh, it's gonna be going down 5 p.m. Central. 6 p.m. Eastern. Y'all make sure y'all Let's say it again. 5 p.m. Central. 6 p.m. Eastern. That's right. Call in on time. Right. Now, we don't want to leave everybody on a somber note, so I did want to play this uh, this quick song. If you guys ever listen to Tom Jordan's morning show, you know that J. Anthony Brown, uh, he murders hits. And uh, I ran across this clip this week, and I had to play it. Uh, we played Johnny Gill's new single, In the Mood, and Jansley Brown murdered this one. Uh, if you're listening in, it's, we're going to go a little bit over, so just it's going to keep playing. This is Jansley Brown murdering the hit, Johnny Gill, In the Mood. Middleman present Talk with Tom Nicky. This might help you out to all the people with kids dedicated to you. Here it is. Check it out. <laughs> hey, baby. It's me leaving you a message. Everything laid out for the weekend, baby. Just come on up. I got it all laid out. Girl, I've got some weed and candlelight. It's the weekend. Fried chicken and freaking that's on the menu tonight. I'm gonna work you like a job, girl, you won't regret it. Taste that cherry pie, so what, I'm diabetic. Woke up from my cooking, moving and all so 
someday. Your baddest kids won't be blocking tonight. I pay the sitter. Just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.